Okay, so we'll be in Romans 8 this morning. Romans 8, trepidation. Let's pray. Uh, Father, trepidation, because, you know, we get here so infrequently, and this is high ground, and I want it to mean something to us. I want it to be very special. I know many, many people have said many, many things, but I think you're calling me to say something, and uh, and I want to be a blessing, uh, to be sure. So, Father, just... Uh, Susan praying earlier, you know, if the Spirit of God doesn't show up and do what He's going to do, we might as well pack it in and all go home and whatever. But, Father, our reliance is on the Holy Spirit of God, who Jesus said would come and lead us into all truth. Spirit of God, I pray that you would do that here this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name for His honor and glory. Amen. I'm going to read the whole chapter, something I don't generally do. It's a long chapter. It starts off with no condemnation, and it ends up with no separation. And it's going somewhere, and I think as we try to determine what it's saying, I think one of the things that we got to do is determine where it's going, because everything's kind of, it's kind of ebb and a flow, so it's all going in one direction. And that helps us determine what, what's being said. So Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that... The righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, Neither indeed can be, so then that they uh, that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, and so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that hath that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, ye are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time 
are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature better their creation. For the creation was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth forth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did uh, predestinate, them he also called, whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen indeed. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who turn Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. How many people here do not uh, are using a King James Bible? You're not using a King James Bible. Okay, then probably your verse says, there is therefore now no condemnation of those that are in Christ Jesus, period. Correct? Okay, correct? Correct? Okay, no condemnation at all. Now, that verse, that half a verse, there's much controversy around that. Is it there or is it not? I don't know. But let me say, 
NIV, there's therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. New Living Translation. So now there's no condemnation of those who belong to Christ Jesus. English Standard Version, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Berean Standard Bible, therefore there is now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. King James, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. New American Standard, therefore there is now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. Legacy Standard Bible, therefore there is now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, Holman, therefore no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus. What are you trying to say? There seems to be a debate, and it really depends on what translation you go for. Uh, Adam, is it there or not? I, I don't know the answer. But let me tell you something. It is in verse 4, okay, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Okay, so it's not unbiblical or anti-biblical or anything like that. Does it exist in that verse? I don't know. But it doesn't if you're going to do this. If you're going to conditionalize condemnation, then for your it doesn't exist in your mind then. Scratch it out and forget about it. You say, wait, what are you talking about? This whole chapter is going somewhere. It's trying to get you to not be condemned. Now, if I ask you how many of you are born again, I'll get all hands, or most everyone's hands going to go up, except those who never put their hand up for any reason whatsoever, even at gunpoint. That's fine. I get it. But if I say, you know, how many of you are born again? You say, yeah, I'm born again. How many of you walk uh, not after the flesh, but after the spirit? That's a little harder now. That's, that's a little harder. It's a little kind of more elusive. You know, it's kind of like, you know, how many of you are spirit-filled? You say, that's not a title, that's a condition, and kind of let others say it about me. I'm not, you know, I, I, I would say, how many of you are very loving, you know, and you're like, uh, I like to think I am. And that's kind of like what we're looking at, and it's going to kind of rob us of that, because I've talked with people. You know, there's no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus, and they come back with me to me with, well, that's if you walk after the flesh, but not after the spirit. You're, then you are condemned if you're a flesh person. But if you walk after the spirit, then you're not condemned. And it undermines the whole chapter. And I don't believe it's... Now, if it's saying you're a spirit person, because it's going to contrast that the whole way. Look at verse 7. Carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not accepted for the Lord God. It, it, it can't be. Uh, they that are after the flesh, verse 5, do mind the things of the flesh. They that have the spirit, the things of the spirit. So you're in or you're out, and there's a condition that way. But if you're in, this isn't further conditionalizing no condemnation with a spirit walk that not everybody can quite... That's kind of how to get that box checked, right? Listen, there's no condemnation. That's what it's saying. And... I like to leave it at that for now. We'll, we'll build on that. Now, no matter how I say it, no matter how I put it, no matter how, I think we're kind of, most of us are of the same mind here. I will say, there's some people just like, oh, I don't know how to say it this right. There's some people who are fearful, there's some people who are courageous. There's some people who are artistic and there's some people who are analytical. 
analytical. There are some people who are half glass full, half glass empty. This, this, this is, we're all, the body of Christ is made up of a lot of people. There are people who I say, God loves you, he would never leave you or forsake you. And that's kind of, I don't know about that. Uh, this is what the verse says. And they're going to try to find a way to make that verse not say, uh, Jesus says, I would never blot your name out of the book of life. <gasps> well, God blot our name out of the book of life. He just said he'd never do that. And we're thinking, oh, can our name be blotted out of the book? Some people are just going to be like that. And every verse, they're going to take it and twist it to a, an end where there's still condemnation. There is one who condemns us. Uh, it's not God. Who is he that condemns? Uh, it is Christ that died, yea, rather is risen again. He's at the right hand of God. He's making intercession for us. Is he condemning us? <laughs> no. He's at the right hand of God making intercession for us. He died for us. Um, uh, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. So God's justifying you, and now he's going to turn around and condemn you schizophrenic God that he is. Well, Adam, that would be based on our activity. And I'm saying, no, the first seven chapters of Romans taught us that it's got nothing to do with it. Salvation is not anything to do with our activity. We're not earning our salvation. Now that you have it, there's no condemnation. And no matter how I say it, there's going to be somebody who's going to, trust me, I've been doing this a while. Just once, just let these verses, let, let the Spirit of God there is one who condemns. His name is Satan. Diablo means condemner. He, he, that's his whole function is to condemn. Okay? Uh, to condemn is to do the devil's work. Uh, it's, it, it just is. His God, no condemnation. Now let's build on that. Uh, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law and sin of, of, of sin and death. So we call it salvation. There's a law here. We're free from the law, the old law, the Old Testament law. I, I, I wonder how, I, I didn't get with you, Bob, I wonder how it went with you Wednesday night. We had some fun stuff, but I think we're all on the same page. Um, but not everybody is. There are a lot of people still think that we're... Uh, under the law. Uh, verse 3, we'll learn more about the law, but the law of the spirit of life, there is law, but now it's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And I'm, not, and I'm free from the law of sin and death. I don't know how better he could say that. For what the law could not do, Mosaic law, come down from Sinai, it couldn't do this. Why? Well, it was weak through the flesh, my flesh, okay? The problem with the law, this wonderful, godly, came down from Sinai, delivered by angels, written on tablets by the finger of God, what this great law could not do because, because of us, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for, this, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. The law couldn't do it. Jesus Christ could do it. Now he was sent in the likeness of sinful flesh. The Bible did not just tell you Jesus was sinned. He was sent, he looked like a human being. Why? Because he was a human being. He was in the likeness, the image 
of sinful flesh, right? And in his incarnation, in God sending his son, condemned sin in the flesh. How did he do that? Because he paid the penalty for it. Jesus, this verse is telling us, Jesus did what the law could never do. The law was weak because our, in, our inability to keep it. So what did Jesus do? He kept it on our behalf and paid the penalty for all the sins that we'd already committed, even the ones that we haven't even committed yet. My sin portfolio is not yet full, and Jesus still has paid for all the sins, even the ones I haven't got around to committing yet. He's awesome that way. And he condemned sin in the flesh through what he, his payment. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And the condition is here, I think, is are you in or are you out? And I think that's all through here we're going to see that. It's not saying everyone's sin. Jesus sinned, y'all, you're all good, everyone forever and ever. The whole world, God's all good with us and it doesn't matter what we do. It's not saying that. There's, a, there's still a caveat to be in Christ. To be in the flesh, not so good. To be in Christ, that's what you want. That's what these scriptures are telling us. The righteousness of the law is fulfilled in us. We couldn't keep it, but Jesus kept it in for us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Uh, we're not walking, we're not doing a flesh walk. Why? Because we're spiritual people. Let's go on with this, okay? For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Now we're going to conditionalize things a little bit, but we're only going to categorize. We're going to say, are you in or are you out? If somebody came here this morning and were visiting, somebody invited them, I don't want you to think like, okay, I'm in church, great. I, I'm hearing these words and, and great. And there are people online and everything else. We're born fleshly. We're born again in the Spirit of God. And absent being born again, we're still in the flesh. And how do we know that? Because we're always after the flesh. We're always mining the things of the flesh. But once you're born spiritually, we're, we are minding, as it were, the things of the Spirit. Uh, and it goes on to say it in verse 6, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Very confusing when we have a Christian who is acting out carnally all the time. This chapter, I would say, you know, it's about no condemnation, it's about no separation, or in a word, security. I don't like the phrase eternal security, although I believe in it. I don't like the phrase because it's not, like, it's not a, a biblical phrase anywhere. But I don't believe that we have conditional life. I believe we have eternal life. If it's conditioned upon your response, like I had it, I lost it. I hope I'll get it again. I'm planning on getting it again. Oh, you should want it. This life that comes and goes in me, you should definitely want it. But me, I, ha I had it. I'll, I don't have it now, but I'll have it again. I, I'm not, I don't even know what, I can't even preach that gospel. I can't even pretend to. I know, I know. A lot of people 
conditionalize eternal life. Go ahead. Is there anything I can do to discourage that? Then I'd like to press that button in your life to reset that don't, don't even think in those terms. But it's very confusing. We understood from Romans chapter 7 there's a conflict, there is a battle. And the battle just means that we're alive. The wrestle, I never wrestled before I, was, before I was saved with sin. I just like, yeah, sin, let's do it. And if I didn't, it was only because I was discouraged by what I thought might be the consequences. It was never a moral issue like, gee, I wonder if I should sin or not. Of course I should. That's what I was. I was a sinner. And my whole life was about chasing after carnal things. And I was born again. And if any man be in Christ is a new creation, the things change. Now what happens is, if we keep conditionally, if we keep doing that sinful thing, it gets very, very confusing. Right? I, I'm a, I, I get drunk every single day. Pastor Drinky the Drunk Guy. That's very confusing, isn't it? If I were doing that, I'm spirit-filled drunk. Uh, I, I don't, by the way, but I do look at pornography all the time. Pastor pervert, right? Spirit-filled pervert. You're saying, that's very conflicting. I know, I know. So when you're, and that's why chapter 6 comes first. Mortify the deeds of the flesh. That's why chapter 7, it talks about the wrestling match. And it shows us at the end of chapter 7, Jesus delivers us from that. And now we're spirit led by the Spirit, believers, and we're not, I'm not saying we've arrived and we never sin again. That's not the point. That's not Paul's point here. But we're, there's an in or there's an out. And he's saying, you're, you're in. If these things are true, the carnal mind is enmity against God. To be carnally minded is death. Spiritual mind, life and peace. Carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. It's a wild dog. You, it's never been trained. What's it going to listen to you? It's, it, it's not. It can't, it can't be subject to the law of God. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 8, I wish every unbeliever in the whole wide world read that verse. Oh, you know what? Me and the man upstairs, you know, we're cool. We, we got this understanding, and no, it's all good. It's all good. Wait, no, no, wait, wait, wait. You're in the flesh. You're born in the flesh. You're carnal. You can't please God. There's nothing about you that pleases God. Not even ever, ever. What understanding, you know, he understands I'm just the way I am, and he kind of smiles and winks at it, and like, yeah, you're cool. uh, I made you that way. It's all good. That's ridiculous. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh. Which, Which just tells us we can please God. You're not in the flesh. I can go around, I like, you know, put my shoulders, my hands on your shoulders, look you right in the eye, call you by name and say, you're not in the flesh. You're not in the flesh. Well, Adam, I do some fleshly things sometimes. I know, I know, Romans chapter 7, right? I know, I know, I get it, I get it, I get it. And let me tell you what God would say to you. I love you, I'm working on you. you it would help if you cooperate sometimes. But I'm bringing you to that place that you're not ever going to make fleshly choices again. As long as you're in this carnal frame, there's the wrestling match. You're not in the flesh. 
You say, why am? Look, flash. No, you're not in the flash. You're in the spirit. You just happen to have a, I mean, we got to locate you. You got to be somewhere, you know. This is a spacesuit. It's designed for this environment. It's not you. It's not who you are. When this ceases to be, now your heart erupts and you tip over and you're not there in that shell, that frame anymore. You, you don't exist anymore? Of course we do. We know that. The Bible has much to say about those things. We're not in the flesh. We're not of the flesh. You know, uh, but you're not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. We're not talking about Spirit, but we're talking about the sealing of the Spirit. When you first get saved, the Spirit of God comes to dwell in you permanently and not conditionally and forever. I will never leave you or forsake you. Again, quite independent of your behavior. Am I saying behavior is not important? It's very important. And it's very confusing, isn't it, when we don't behave. But, look, look, I have children. Uh, Maybe one of them once or twice didn't do exactly what uh, his mother told him to do. Perhaps. Not Mike. Mike's perfect, of course. But the other one, he was a little shady growing up. Remember that, Mike? He did some things. So what did he do? He didn't obey. We disinherited, threw him out, kicked him right out of the house, didn't make his bed, go live in the street, fool. But that's how people think about God sometimes. But if you're a parent, I don't know that you can think like that. No, you're, you're in Christ or you're not. You're in the flesh or you're in Christ. Those are the only categories. If any man has not the spirit of Christ, he's not his. No, he's not saying, again, it's universalism. We're not teaching that. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. So Christ is in us, the body is dead because of sin. Right? The spirit is life because of righteousness. Whose righteousness? The righteousness that Jesus Christ gives us. But if the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised Christ up from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. What's that? It's a a promise of resurrection. It's not that the spirit's not important. I mean that the body's not important. It's just right now, Subject to decay, we've seen that. It's under the curse, we've seen that. And it's, uh, look, look at the verse 19. The earnest expectation of the creation waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Creation's waiting for the rapture. When it's obvious who the, the children of God are going to be. What's going to happen? Trumpet sound, voice of the archangel, trumpet of God, dead in Christ, rise first. We who are alive remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Oh, by the way, comfort one another with these words. Are they not very comforting words? Now, that proves beyond a shadow of doubt who's who. Okay? Trumpet blast, you're out of here. 
you look like you're shot from a cannon. You're going up through the troposphere, very cold up there. You cold, not in the new body. But I get vertigo, Adam. It's going to be very, no, no, not in the new body. Uh, what will the new body look like? I don't know. It's going to be awesome. Jesus demonstrated it when he rose from the dead. He still ate. Do you think he needed to? I know. There's food in heaven. Are there calories in heaven? Are we, you know, are we going to be on Weight Watchers eternal? I, no, I don't think any silly thing like that. I always say there's no wheelchair ramps in heaven. Not because God is indifferent, just because they're not necessary. You know, people who are like quadriplegic or paraplegic here aren't in heaven. And whatever's ailing you now won't be ailing you then. Total upgrade. Can we, like, you know, I, I, people have messed us up. You know, we get these little, okay, one, people turn into angels, right? How silly is that? And they get these little tiny wings, these cherub wings. That, you, see a, you see a cherub in art. It's, a, it's a, a fat baby with little tiny wings, right? I don't want to be a fat babe with little tiny wings, which will, they're not sufficient to get you anywhere you want to go. I don't think you need wings. I don't think you need wings. I don't think we'll travel at the speed of light. I think we'll travel at the speed of thought much faster. That's how I think. I think you'll be able to walk through walls. Jesus did. I think you'll be able to eat, but you won't need to. You know, we talk about like, uh, you know, uh, the mansion that's waiting for us and we send all the building materials on ahead and this song's about this and all. And, you know, my mansion's going to be like 14 bedrooms and eight bathrooms and presupposing that you need either one for what? And there's no dentist in heaven. No, there's people who were dentists here on earth who go to heaven, you know. Don't get me wrong, I'm not condemning all dentists to hell, all, all the ones who have tortured me, I wonder. But anyway, that's a story for another time. But I think there's dentists in heaven, but they're not, they don't have a shingle out. It's not like tooth decay in heaven. Imagine getting like eternal root canals. and Right? The same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead who dwells in you will quicken or will make alive, okay, quicken, old King Jamesism, right? Will quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. That's a wonderful thing. Then we'll know for sure. <laughs> I, I have no doubt in my own mind. Why? Because his spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. That's verse 16. And we'll go in there. We'll get there, okay? I have no doubt. Day after the rapture, I'm still here. That's a bad day. Then I had it. Then I was like, boy, I guess I fooled myself. Every, all my friends are gone. My wife's gone. All the congregation's gone. I'm still. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't believe it. Not at all. I have no. I have no doubt at all about that. I believe in resurrection. It's, it's, one of, it's one of the cardinal doctrines of the faith. I remember talking to a guy, and he didn't. You know, when we go to heaven, we're going to be spirit beings, and we're not going to have a body or anything like that. I thought, like, wow. I don't know if, I, I don't know if he's a heretic. heretic. I don't, like, heresy is not a word I throw around all the time, but I'm thinking, boy, you missed a... That's even in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in the resurrection. 
you know, and what Jesus' resurrection, well, that goes without saying. No, our resurrection, because we're in Christ, because the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. It's a promise that he's going to raise our mortal body. This guy here, he had a, he had a problem. Is, I, I invited him one time to uh, Calvary Chapel in Bengal because I was going there at the time. And he said that he went, but he went out to go to the bathroom and they locked him out and let him back in the service. And he said that he had a problem because he had to go to the bathroom all the time. And he, had, and he was telling me about what a problem it was and how, you know, and I guess maybe that's why he didn't want a resurrected body. He didn't, like, his body let him down and he thought that, you know, he'd have to go to the bathroom eternally all the time if he had a body. No, it's, no, it's not like that. Whatever, you know, you're not going to have tumors in heaven. There's no cancer in heaven. There's no... And so many people say so many silly things about this. I remember at your uh, uncle's funeral, he's a bus driver. Good guy, and I I liked him well. He was a swell guy. I don't know if he cared for the things of the Lord or not. I didn't know him that well. Uh, But we had his funeral, and the pastor there had him as eternal bus driver, you know, with his big angel wings driving the bus, you know, to the, and all the little, uh, heaven children get on and go to heaven school and, and he's up there driving the bus in heaven. I thought, like, did you think that all the way through? And I didn't. I, oh, the things I don't say. You'd be so, you guys would be so proud of me. The things I don't say. Have you thought that all the way through there's eternal children in heaven? Really? So if you're like a little two-year-old when you die, you're going to be two forever? How about you know, God forbid, like, you know, sudden infant death syndrome. You're like a two-month-old. You're going to be two-month-old in heaven forever? Not potty trained or just wailing and eh, crying all the time, eternally. And you, go to, and you go to heaven school where you learn heaven algebra. How heavenly is that? It's wonderful. You think you'll know algebra by the time you get to heaven? And then, like, so he gets up there, and he gets these wings on, and I don't know how you drive a bus with wings on. Anyway, that'd be kind of, like, not helpful at least, right? And, like, ah, oh, I'm in a salt mine still. I got to go to work. I got to check in. I'm going to be late for delivering these kids. I still got to work eternally. What a drag. What if you don't like your job? You got to do it forever. You think all this all the way through? People just say some silly things, but I don't want to say silly things. I don't say true things. I don't say biblical things. Body, a perfect body. So how old will we be, Adam? I don't know. 33? So why would you say that? When he appears, we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. He was like, 33-ish. I don't want to quibble. So we'd be in our early 30s. I'm, I'm cool. Listen, at 63, I'm very cool with that. You know what I mean? But, I, but, I, but I, it doesn't matter because the age wouldn't be a real factor because you don't age. But like I say, you know, if somebody's like 
Think about somebody who was an embryo who was aborted. That, you're an aborted embryo forever? It's just, that doesn't even make sense to me. But anyway, what does make sense is that the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, he dwells in us. He that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. And that is a lovely thing to look forward to. Um, I've heard one say, like, you know, when you go to heaven and you see your Aunt Jane, you know, you'll run up to her and you, what are you going to do? You won't just run right through each other. You're made up of ectoplasm or something like that. I think that's correct. I mean, at some point after the resurrection, I think it's correct. I think there'll be, Jesus, handle me, touch me, he says. Does a spirit have uh, flesh and bone? Notice he didn't say flesh and blood. I think all his blood is gone at this point. He's, his resurrected body, I don't think, is blood drive anymore. And blood is important. The life is in the blood here. But if you like have blood eternal and you bleed out, you're eternally dead. It's flesh and bone. I don't think it's blood drive in heaven. Uh, Joe Foch is fond of saying this. He thinks it's spirit drive. And I think like I agree with that. For what, I mean, we're, we, we're going on some speculation here. Give me a little bit of a chance to maneuver around here. I don't, I, I can't, I, I've never examined a, a, a resurrected body to see, you know, what that's all about. Okay, I, I don't know. I have some ideas. No suffering, no problems, no... When's that going to happen? Oh, not soon enough to suit me. Hopefully 2023. But if I was here last year talking to you, I would have said hopefully 2022. Didn't materialize in 2022. But I have this, it's called the blessed hope for a reason. But let's keep moving. Because I want to get you know, a certain amount of verses in. And by the way, I didn't know that. I don't know exactly how many. I got, I got a hope and an idea. But I knew that wouldn't get to the whole chapter. Nor was I planning on it. I want to rush through this, you know what I mean? Therefore, brethren, we are dead as not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if, we live, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. We're headed for an upgrade. We're headed for a resurrection. You're going to be upgraded. Can I put it that way? A long time. So why are we doing the things now that we think are carnally we're not debtors to, to our carnality. We're not debtors to the flesh, to live after the flesh. We don't owe the flesh anything. It hasn't done anything for us. It's made us a sinner. It's still betraying us. We don't owe anything. You're not, you are debtors, but not to the flesh. If we live after the flesh, you're going to die. Wages of sin is death. To live carnally or living in sin... It still, pay, it still pays out death. And I've, I've said a thousand times, you know, are we under the law? No, we're not under the law. But if you commit adultery, it still might be the death of your marriage. If you, if you murder or rob, it may be the death of your freedom. Uh, sin still has a death principle. Oh, listen, brothers and sisters, get rid of death. Get rid of sin. It's not a benefit. You're not debtors. You, you, so if we live after the flesh, you're going to die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Now we've talked about that in chapter 6. We've talked about that in chapter 7. 
I have temptation in my life because I live and because I have an active um, enemy who's trying to devour. He, he's, he's rob, kill, destroy boy. He's trying to destroy my testimony. He's trying to destroy my marriage. He's trying to destroy my health. He's trying to destroy my freedom. He's, he's killed, still destroy boy, so he's still trying to get me to fall. But he's tempting a dead man. That person that he's trying to get his nefarious clutches on doesn't exist. I'm dead in Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Why would I sin? There's no benefit in it whatsoever. It's fun, you would say. Yeah, it's pleasurable for a season. And I've come to realize that Satan's a liar. He promises much. He delivers very little. As a matter of fact, none. If, if sin was, was as great as Satan is, then, then drug addicts would be the happiest people in the world. You think about that? Prostitutes would be gloriously happy. They would be the happiest people in the world if sin paid out like Satan tells us it, it does. But he's a liar. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue. Why do we listen to him? Why don't we follow the spirit of truth? Truth is important. We worship the truth and the, and the way and the life. Okay, where am I? You're not dead as to the flesh. to live after the flesh. If we live after the flesh, death. If you put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, this is a soul-searching place. I asked Christ to come into my heart, and he did. And he filled me with his Spirit. He gave me his Spirit. And then there's a, 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 a filling and a refilling and a refilling and a refilling. I, I, I believe in that. I believe his Spirit is here forever in my life. Now, whether he's controlling my life, that's a different that's a different thing altogether. But I like this program. I don't, I'm, free refills. Who doesn't like that? I go to Denny's and they fill your cup up again. You know, you half drunk it and they come and they top it up again. I like that. Free refills. It's a wonderful, who doesn't like that? Uh, so Spirit of God fills me and controls me for the work that I have. Uh, what if I don't get Spirit filled? Well, he's still in me. Do I yield to him? Do I rely on him? Do I follow after him? He empowers me to do all the things that I need to do to please God. In the flesh, can I please God? Not, no. 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 But I'm not in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. And I figured this out. I mortify the deeds of the flesh. They're not going anywhere good. You remember what it said a few chapters ago. Those things that you did in the flesh, they're what you're ashamed of now. What fruit did that produce? It's, a, it's the fruit that you're ashamed of. And I think like, yeah, sometimes people wonder. Because uh, I, I hinted. I said, you know, when I, I was a very godless young man when I was in the Marine Corps. When I was, before I could say I was a godless man, people think, well, how are you, how are you, you know, godless in what way? Well, it's shameful. I don't want to tell you. I don't want you to think in those terms. I, I want you to think like, hey, it's enough that I, I told you. He delivered me from all that. Now I'm, I'm, 
Um, it, I don't want to go back to living after the flesh. It's, it's, it's death and it's shame. And it's miserable. Uh, but as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And the daughters of God. We call opportunity here. God, lead me, guide me, direct me. I, on my own, I am toast. You know, lead, lead me down into temptation. Have we gotten these lessons down? They're kind of basic. We should have figured these, some of these things out by now, right? No, we're, we're led by the Spirit of God. We're the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now I can preach on this for weeks. <laughs> we haven't received the spirit of fear, the spirit of bondage again resulting in fear. By the way, we haven't received the spirit of fear. Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you have fear in your life? I'm not lecturing. This is your brother who loves you. I'm not lecturing. That came from Satan. Maybe it came from your own flesh. Maybe it came from the world. You shouldn't be watching. You shouldn't be watching. There's, there's news agencies. There's, and, and what they're trying to do is make you afraid. All the time. It's the end of the world. And it's, oh, it's horrible. And it's even worse than that. And, you shouldn't fill your mind with that, that rubbish. You really shouldn't. Uh, you know when the end of the world's going to happen? When God says it's going to happen. I'm not saying you shouldn't recycle your trash. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying don't live in a state of fear. And people are trying to get you to be fearful because they're trying to corral you and motivate you to go in a certain direction. And if I can control you by fear, I can control you. And it's all about... I, Edward R. Morrow, as far as I know, not a godly man. I don't know, okay? Rest in peace, Edward. Uh, he said, we're not descended from fearful men. Amen. We're Americans. We're not descended from fearful men. And now everyone's trying to get us Fearful all the time. But the Bible says, the Bible, not Edward Amaro, the Bible says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And here, back in uh, Romans 8, verse 15, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Is there a spirit of bondage? Yeah. What does it look like? Oh, I hope I make it. Oh, I hope I'm not condemned. Oh, I hope, I hope, oh. And it's, listen, sin has bondage with it. Again, we have talked about it. Drugs, alcohol, pornography, some of the most obvious ones, but just pride. How about just, you know, any, anything that you're, limits your freedom. You didn't receive the spirit of bondage again that leads to fear. You have received the spirit of adoption. That changes things. Uh, what, what is the change? Whereby we cry, Abba, 
Father. We have Father twice. Abba is the Aramaic. Father is the in Greek. And they both mean the same thing. Abba is kind of like more daddy. They say when we and go over to Israel, we'll hear it all the time, little kids calling out to the dad, Abba, Abba. It's uh, spelled Aleph and Bet in Hebrew, right? Abba. You know, the first two letters, you know, a whole word there. And that's what it is, Abba, that's the word, you know. Uh, means the head of the house. The spirit of adoption. Are we naturally God's kids? No. No, we're naturally sons of Adam, alienated from God. Uh, but we're his by adoption. There's not even a word for unadoption. Those of you who are still waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting to you know, have the bottom pulled out from under you, the rug pulled out from under you. There's no, you know, because uh, I've heard, you know, uh, oh, we're married to Christ. But there's divorce, you know, we're like, there's no unadoption, you know? And the verse is telling us we haven't received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Don't fear. You receive the spirit of adoption. That's why we say, our Father. That changes everything. That changes everything. You know, teach on Lord, Lord's Prayer. I listened to myself one time, and I was thinking, like, our Father. Well, that changes everything. I was listening to myself. I don't do that all the time. I probably should more, kind of like quality assurance. And I really blessed my own heart saying, that changes everything. Uh, Israel collectively didn't call, look to uh, heaven and call God Father. They did collectively as a nation, but they didn't individually. And Jesus says, now when you pray, pray like this, our Father. And all the Pharisees and the uh, Sadducees listen and say, ooh, <laughs> this guy thinks God's his Father. Newsflash. He is. He's adopted us. And the Spirit of God does. He brings us into the our forever family, the family of God. We're, are we born into the family of God? God's all our Father. Uh, no. I know what you mean. I, I understand what you're saying. You know, the, the, the uh, fatherness of God. He's father to everyone. I know, the brotherhood of man, if you want to put it that way. But no. 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 He's our creator. Absent salvation, he's going to be our judge. Not looking forward to that. We enter into salvation. The Spirit of God comes into us. The Spirit of adoption. And now he's Father God. He's, he's Abba. If I said Daddy, it's almost blasphemous. If I came up with that, I'd almost think it was. No, it's the Word of God. He's, he's to us Daddy. This is incredible stuff, is it not? Uh, he bears with, witness with our spirit. Um, oh, verse 16. The, the, spirit itself, the, bear, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. How does he do that? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. He does, but I can't tell you how. Because if I make it, if I tell you how it was with me, then I make that the the way. You know, when I was first born again, I asked Christ to come in my heart and I prayed, Lord, save me. And then I was just like enveloped by this liquid love and it felt like this, someone opened a spigot and just love and love and love poured out me. You say, I don't know what that guy's talking about. 
And now you didn't have that, so now the Spirit doesn't bear witness with your spirit that you're a child of God because you didn't go through what I went through. And by the way, I didn't, I didn't have no liquid love. Sounds good, good idea. I'd love to experience that. I haven't experienced that. So how does God bear witness with our spirit that we're the children of God? I don't, you tell me. You tell me. Do, do I know that I'm, I belong to God? I absolutely, positively, no, I'm not going to stand for God and say, All right, depart from me, you work iniquity. I never, ever knew you. I don't know who you are. What are you doing here? Get out of my face. Go away. I absolutely have no, no, that's not going to happen. Absolutely believe it's not. Why? The Spirit of God, he bears witness with my spirit that I'm his child. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I was going to get verse 17. Hope we can get to verse 17. We'll save that next time. Let me just read it. And if children, since we're children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Uh, the if so be is sense. We're children, we're heirs of God, and we're joint heirs with Christ. But you've got to suffer, right? It's how much, it, no, it's just, it's part and party of the whole thing. Kind of look at one verse. You won't hate me if we do one more verse, right? Philippians chapter 1. If you're not there, that's fine. I'll read it. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. So in chapter 8, when he's saying, if so be, he's saying since, since we're suffering with Jesus, we may also be glorified together. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're going to have a cliffhanger there. We'll, we'll, we'll pick that up next time. Let's stand and let's there was no, hey, there was no good stopping point, okay? The worshipers, you can come, uh, worship team, come lead us out of here in song. There's no good stopping point here, okay? So you say, hey, you really kind of stopped in an awkward place. I, I, knew, I knew no matter where I did, it was going to be that. The end of the chapter is a good place, but I wasn't going to rush all the way through it. Um, what I want you to do, you're going to have homework, okay? You're going to have your regular Wednesday night homework, and this will be like really fun stuff, I think. Just want to read this portion over, over and over and over, 10, 20 times maybe between now and when. Just make it yours. Just read it. You know, look at the words, pray it in. Just let God's Spirit minister to your spirit. Uh, again, high ground in the New Testament. Say, I know this very well. We'll know it better. Just let God minister to your spirit. Kill what's ailing you. Uh, studying this this week was a tremendous blessing to me. And God just, all things I knew, I don't think I, um, gee, I never knew that. You know, the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that made me free from the law of sin and death. Well, I never knew that. Well, I did know that. But just knowing it again and just re re rehearsing it, revisiting it, you know, chewing on it, spitting it back up and chewing it down again. That, that was a, just a real blessing to me this week. And I believe it will be a blessing to you as you go over it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this 
high ground in the New Testament. There's many things, Lord. We haven't even got to most of them. Um, you've given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. There's not anything that we can add to our salvation. Jesus, our Lord and our God, has done everything. And Lord, we praise you, we thank you, we glorify your wondrous name. Now, I want to say the blessing. May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.